Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, wake up, turn your headphones up, because we got this week's episode of the Don't Tell Mama Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Copeland, joined by my guy, Max Faulkner. Max, what's going on, man? Ah, man, it's uh, it's cold here, Colbreezy. It's cold here. This morning, I woke up at 7 a.m. It was like 65, 65 thunderstorm swept through for about an hour. It, I kid you not, it dropped like 30 degrees. Okay, it dropped like 30 degrees. It is cold now. I think it's like 28 degrees out now. Oh. It's crazy how we could be 70 degrees yesterday. Today, crazy. we're down to like into the 30s. Crazy. Craziness. That is crazy. I uh, We're warming the, warmer than you here right now in Denver, Colorado. I'm looking at 43 degrees. Oh. It was a cold one yesterday in the teens for sure, but uh, it warmed up today and actually got to got to be outside a little bit at work. Uh, PE teacher played a lot of tug of war today. Oh, oh Max, my hands are a little hands are a little uh, burnt, little get, little rope burnt. Get the get the lotion out. Get the lotion out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or maybe a little uh, maybe a little Doctor Serlins. Doctor Serlins for the hands. Doctor Serlins for the hands. I don't know. Who knows? Why don't you, why don't you rub it on your hands and then bring it down to the area that you're supposed to put it on? Oh. The areas that chafe everybody. Areas that chafe. You could put it in your gooch. You could put it in your butt. Put it in your pits for Pete's sake. I mean, whatever, whatever's chafing. I people, tried like, that. A, lot of people, a lot of people chafing the nips. They, sure. Right, right. A lot of people chafing the nips. I, I've, I've seen people. I've seen people put band aids over there. Their nips when they run, uh, when they when, jog. Well, when they're <laughs> that's oh man, oh that that does sound very uncomfortable. But uh, where are we, uh, Doctor Serlids? Everybody, Doctor Serlids, uh, <laughs> definitely check it out for if you have a if you if you're chafing, if you're ever chafing, okay, it, it will definitely cure the area. Definitely, definitely got to get him on as, as a sponsor here soon. But uh, today, Max, we got a lot of college basketball to talk about. All college basketball if you're not a fan sorry about you but if you are i appreciate you for coming out thank you so much for spending your time with us max where can people find us oh again thank you everyone for coming out to the don't tell mama sports podcast you can please like comment and subscribe right here on youtube follow us on spotify our heart i heart radio apple podcast x and instagram okay we're all on those things so we would love to hear from you and uh, get some more followers and subscribers. We want to thank everyone for subscribing because as of right now, we are co-breezy about 16 subscribers away from breaking 700. Whoa. This new year, everyone, we had, I, I, I mean, it's only been two months and we had probably over 500 subscribers. So thank you. it's 500 welcome. subscriptions. Yeah. Th- yeah. Welcome, welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome to-, to the show. The Don't Tell Mama Sports Podcast, where we are not afraid to get real with sports. Huh, Cole Breezy? Come on. Hell yeah. Appreciate everybody coming out. As usual, I got to update everybody. We are two and a half weeks from select- Selection Sunday. Ooh, selection my. Sunday is two and a half weeks oh away, Max. And, of course, the week before that, we have all our conference tournaments. You know, oh, the, the winner of each conference, I believe 32 conferences in Division One. The winner of each conference gets an automatic bid into the tournament. And you know what? We're going to be breaking down a couple of those. We're going to be doing single pods on each of those brackets. Mm -hmm. We're thinking six or seven maybe. We're we're going to talk it over, but definitely the power conferences. I'm looking forward to that, Max. Anything you got on that? I cannot wait to break down those conferences. We're... Right before this podcast, Cole Breezy and I, we're going to slide in a new conference, the Mountain West. Okay, if you're out there in the Mountain West right now, Colorado State, 
uh, San Diego State made the, the championship game last year. Nevada, you know, like there's a couple of other teams that we'll talk about. Utah obviously. State, New Utah. Mexico, we UNLV. Got some, dude, we're talking six, seven, maybe even eight damn teams from the Mountain West this uh -oh. season making the uh -oh. dance. So we have to break down the Mountain West because there's a lot of divisions this year that are a little bit weak, like the Pac-12. Ooh, sucks hey, to hear that. I'll throw in the ACC. I'll throw ACC, in the ACC. ACC is a little soft. I'll, no I'll even throw in the Big Ten's a little weak. Big Ten's you know, a little bit soft, Purdue. too. We got we, we're looking at six teams. Purdue's looking at six teams. Okay. Or, I'm sorry, Purdue. Sorry, Big Ten. Big Ten's looking at six, six teams. But, yes, uh, everyone, this is one of the most exciting times of the year for basketball. Again, Colbrizzi and I Chill. are huge on college basketball because it is Favorite. real basketball. It's Favorite. real basketball. People, the guys, they play defense. They pass the ball around. They get the open shot, and then they do it all again. You know, it's it's that's basketball. It's not screen and roll dunk. Okay, <laughs> it's Dan three Calipari pointer, three pointer, three week. pointer. <laughs> oh my god! Well, really, really quick. Uh, let, let's take a, just a step to the side for two minutes. Did you happen to catch any of the NBA All Star game? I uh, I watched some of it mainly because it was in Indianapolis. And, okay. Oh, okay. You know, I didn't, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. I lived in Indianapolis for seven years, and it hadn't been there since, I think, the mid-'80s, 85, I want to say. So it was a big deal for the city. It was a big deal for the city. I always liked seeing the aerial views of downtown and, you know, where you and I met, you know, where we – we got into some mischievous things in that city. So it's, sure. always, it's always fun to see Indianapolis on TV. But, yeah, the All-Star game is, is nothing nothing to watch. No. It's, there's no there's no competition. There's no defense. <sighs> it's, it's just, a, it's just a, a layup and dunk line. It, I, I watched literally 30 seconds of it. And, and, in fact, I watched the highlight. Okay, I watched the highlight on something else because this is all I got to say. This, this is embarrassing basketball, everyone. It was 150 to 142 at the end of the third quarter. Yeah. 150 to 142. And back and forth for the last minute of that quarter, all I saw was pull-up threes. Nobody's playing defense. Everyone's just lackadaisically, dri dri uh, you know, lackadaisically logo, dribbling. Logo threes. Logo. Like, what, what the hell is this? Like, this isn't – people, this is not basketball. It's, it's not basketball. I understand it's, it's the All-Star game, game. But today, it, it today. just – it also just relates back to uh, the NBA to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just not basketball. It's not basketball. College basketball is real basketball. All right. Even high school. I'd rather watch a high school game than the NBA right now. Okay. Uh, but good, anyway. uh, good passion. Good passion. Good <laughs> yeah. passion and intensity in a lot of states for high school ball Heck right now. Yeah. Sure. Heck yeah. But this week, we got four game picks to make. We got four wooden award players to profile. We got our Max A. Smith watch to do. But first, we got to start with what a lot of people are talking about in sports and college athletics is the court stormings that we're having in college basketball. Max, it came, it came, to, a, came to a front this weekend um, when Wake Forest, they upset Duke. And it's a, it's a mob, mob of students running. Stampede. I... And I, I think it was even a little early. I don't think the clocks were even at zero yet. And, you know, as Duke big man Kyle Filipowski's walking off, someone rams into him, and, you know, he tweaks his knee a little bit. I will say he played tonight at home against Good. Louisville. If, there was, Good. If, he Good. Was, if he was not 100%, they would not have played him against Louisville. So Kyle Filipowski not injured during Good. this scene. Good. But now it begs the question, 
do we need to stop the court stormings? Max, I'll throw it to you. What do you got here? Oh, man, the court stormings. Uh, if you haven't seen the video, everyone, just picture, just picture the Lion King when Simba and Mufasa are running away from all the damn buffalo. <laughs> all right? Like, as soon as I saw those clocks turn red, Kyle Filbowski got rammed by <laughs> Yeah, they were already feet, there. They were already hundreds, on the court. Hundreds. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad Kyle Filbowski's okay. Okay? It, I'm glad to hear that because Duke does not win in the, in the tournament without Kyle Filbowski. Oh, no. He is the big dog on the team. He's the reason they're number two right now in the ACC competing against UNC, North Carolina. Uh, so I, I'm just really, really happy to hear that he's okay. But do we ban storm uh, uh, storming the court? This is all I got to say, Colbreeze. This is my opinion, okay? Because I'm all for tradition. I'm a traditional guy, okay? I celebrate holidays. You know, I'm a religious do man. Do you? I, I like traditions, Okay. I understand the excitement as a student when your team takes down another team that is in the, in the top 10, okay? It's a big feeling because you're Wake a part Forest of the team. Over yeah, Duke? We, yeah. Uh, that's big time. Exactly. Big time upset. No doubt about it. Here's the rule. Wait till the players leave the court and then allow them to go party for 5, 10, 15 minutes or whatever. That, I don't know how long it is when they start. start Never, yeah, whatever, whatever. Okay, that's fine with me. Okay, but just wait until the players are off the court, heading into the locker room, and then they can go have their little little shindig. All right, that that's it. Protect the players first. Protect the refs. The refs, the players, get them off the court, and then go have Coaches. a little party for 10 minutes. What's the big deal? Okay, that's what I got to say. What would... How do you feel, Cole Breezy? What do you think about this? Max, I'm right there with you. We, uh, I, I do not want to talk about banning court stormings. Mm. Okay, that, that's what makes college basketball and and even to an extent college football. You don't really see, see a lot of uh, field stormings in college football, but True. it what make it it's what makes college basketball so unique and so exciting and so awesome. Like, yeah, you, you can storm the floor and party with the players after the game. But I'm with you. Let's wait to the players. the The losing team gets off the floor. Coaches are gone. You know, we do we do the handshake line. If that's still a thing that we're gonna do, we put a minute or two on the clock. We put a minute or two on the clock. We get everybody off, and we're safe. Then you can come on. We we get everybody organized. We release the beasts. They come on, and you gotta have a penalty penalty in place if you want. If you're gonna storm the floor early, you gotta have a penalty in place. Yep. You know, we see we see NCAA fining the schools. The universities, they don't care about these fines, okay? They, they, they use these, these stormings for their social medias to attract students and athletes, okay? They use this for promotional things, okay? Yeah. They, they'll pay the fines. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so you, you, you got to have a penalty for the students if, if it's a, an arrest. Like, you can't run on an NBA court. You no. can't go to a Denver Nuggets game over here and just run on an NBA court. Uh -huh. You're going to get arrested. Mm -hmm. So does that need to go to college basketball? It might. It might if you go on early. If you run on the damn floor early, you might have to get arrested or maybe you're kicked out of school. Maybe maybe you're kicked out of school. Oh, that's a tough one. No one's going to do it if if that's the penalty, though. It's true. No one's, no Very one's true. That's how that's how I think you fix this thing. Mm -hmm. I think uh, also just to add with uh, waiting until the opposing team at least leaves the court is that, OK, 
when the t- when the clock goes zero and and students are jumping over the seats to get out to the court, okay, that's dangerous. I think we can all agree that shouldn't be allowed. Probably students are getting hurt, which we never hear about. We don't hear about the students getting hurt during these st- these stampedes. Uh, so <laughs> I I shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. The Kyle Filipowski video. There was this one student that that tripped, slid, tripped Ooh. and slid, and then that stampede just swarmed. I don't know if it was a boy or a girl. They probably got stepped on. Uh, they might be part oh. of that court now, like just like flattened and part of the court for history. Blood on the court. But yeah, but, yeah in the part, part, part of the hardwood now, part of the hardwood. Uh, but I think it, it does make sense, right? Because now the students cannot start lining up, right? They can start lining up safely and not pushing each other and, and jumping over seats and you know mm-hmm. old people that are trying to watch their their baby play and you know they're, they're yeah. you don't have to push old people out of the way i think it gives them a, a, a little bit you know just a little bit more safety it only makes sense it only makes sense protect the players and in doing so it will also protect the students currently right now the power six conference is looking at the fines that they have for giving to to universities when their fans storm the court the SEC is the most <laughs> they're the most rough here. A hundred grand for your first offense, two hundred and fifty grand for the second offense, and five hundred K for the third offense. Okay. Oh the SEC is not goodness. messing around. Whoa. Pack twelve is twenty-five K for the first offense, fifty K for the second, hundred K for the third. Big twelve, they find UCF in January when they storm the floor against Kansas. Not sure what the Big Twelve really has in place for every team. Big East has a five thousand dollar fine. The Big Ten, your your uh, your conference there, they have no fines until the third offense. You can do you can storm the fucking floor third t- three times before you get before you get fined. Stop that! Just just a little slap on the wrist. Don't you know? Don't do that two or three more times. Don't you know? Just stop. You know, just just so you know. Just so you know, that, two or three more times, and then you know what? Ooh, we're we're gonna be in there. We're gonna get you. <laughs> And then the ACC, where this court storming happened, Wake Forest over Duke. They currently have no fines. The only Power Six conference that that doesn't find anybody right now. So, okay. what, whatever that means, I I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens moving forward with those fines. But like I said, court stormings makes college basketball great. You look back to the nineteen seventy four Notre Dame upset over UCLA and and Bill Walton that that long winning streak. They stormed the floor in 1974 at Notre Dame. Okay, it's it's always been tradition, part of college basketball tradition. We can't get rid of it. Lastly, before we move on, my most memorable court storming happened in February 2013, Notre Dame Louisville. Okay, college game day was on the scene for this one. It was a five overtime thriller, Max. Oh, five yeah. overtime oh, yeah. thriller. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame won 104 to 101. We rushed the fucking floor. You remember my boy Foost, right? Yeah. <laughs> so there's a there's a picture on ESPN of him running by Gorgie Jang. Gorgie Jang has the ball at the end of the game, and Foost is running by him. It, it was it was an awesome experience. College game day being there in the morning. The the guy hit the half court shot. We stormed the floor. We stormed the court in the morning during college game day, and uh, Foost actually. Going on record saying this, Foost actually took one of the State Farm basketballs. He still has it to this day. And you can see the ESPN people looking for the missing ball during the show. It was hilarious. So then to go to the game at night, five overtime thriller, 
you beat beat Louisville, and if we remember 2013, that's the year Louisville won it all. Uh, that's what I was going to ask. That is that the year that, they won with Silva, with, with Siva, Siva, Peyton Siva, Peyton Siva, Russ Smith, Gorgie Jang, mm-hmm. Bahannon, Luke Hancock. That was a solid team with Rick. That was Petit. fun. Uh, Rick Pitino, baby, him and his uh, prostitution ring. He told that guy. That guy is a. Uh, uh, he gets uh, around. He gets around. <laughs> Thank you for saving me before I said something naughty. <laughs> Moving into the AP poll reaction here, Max. We got three teams to look at here this week. The Houston Cougars, first up here, they took over for the number one spot for the first yeah. time this season. They are 25-3, and 12-3 in the Big 12. That is top of the conference. They've won six in a row and 11 of 12. Last week, they beat number six Iowa State and then went to number 11 Baylor and won by six in overtime. Mm. Then they took care of business last night, defeating, defeating Cincinnati by eight at home. They still lead the nation, allowing 56.2 points per game. They still lead the nation, allowing 37.7% shooting from the floor. Amazing. They are seventh in the nation with over 10 steals per game. Mm. They're number one defensively at Ken Palm. They're number one overall at Ken Palm, number one in the net. I, I They're the big 12 champs. Are they a one seed, Max? Are you locking them in? Last three games at Oklahoma, at UCF, and they host Kansas. Are they your Big 12 regular season champs, and do they get a one seed? Yes. I I think that no doubt about that they're going to be the Big 12 champs. I mean, this tournament coming up, though, I mean, it's it's a Big 12 tournament. It's going to be huge. Yeah, yeah, this is huge. Uh, I still think that they'll get a one seed. If they go, you know, let's see, what, they'll be 27 and four. Let's say they lost. Let's say they didn't win the Big 12 tournament. Uh, What, they'll be 27 and four? In the Big 12, the best conference in college basketball, dude. Absolutely. 25 and three right now with three three more regular season games to go. So, so at least 28 is probably going to look look like that before the the uh, the conference tournament, dude. Houston it exceeded my expectations. I know that they are ranked high, okay, and this is the reason being is because I said this uh, in the beginning of the season with you, Cole Breezy, was okay. You guys were playing in the American Conference. Let's go play some real teams in the Big 12. And you know what? They are killing those teams in the Big 12. Really, really proving me wrong. Uh, This is a title contender, Cole Breezy. Best defense in the league. The guys can score with with Cryer and uh, uh, the guy that you keep bringing up, Cole Breezy. um, Jamal Shedd, the point guard. The guy's really good. And they got some big guys down low that just rebound the ball, man. There's some beef in there. There's some Mm -hmm. beef. So... Do not be sleeping on the Houston Cougars. Uh, oh my goodness, this 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 is a complete team. I I don't, I don't see how you get better. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like you said, moving from the American to the Big Twelve, it was a big question mark about Kelvin Sampson and his boys, but they've proven a lot of people wrong. UConn was number one for the last six weeks before losing by nineteen at number fifteen Creighton last Tuesday. Houston is now the fifth team to be number one this season. Max, can you give me? Those five teams that have been number one this year. Just, uh, <laughs> just said one and the one right now. UConn, we got Purdue, Kansas. Uh, ooh. The one uh, right now. Who's no, who's number one well, right he, now? Well, Houston, and then... Uh, one more. Oh, come on now. Come on. Oh, uh, they were num- North Carolina? They were number one when they played your boilers. 
Oh, Arizona. And, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Arizona. Nice. Good call, good call. There's two more polls before Selection Sunday. Do you think there's going to be a new number one to climb up there, or or is it going to stay with just five teams being number one in the poll this year? I think right now there's three top teams in the league. I don't think anyone surpasses them. I think it's those three. They stay. It stays that way. Okay. I think Purdue is gonna. I mean, I I don't see Purdue. Well, actually, Purdue's got a couple uh, tough matchups coming up uh, with Michigan State. Michigan State, Illinois. We'll definitely be talking about that. Uh, big big time games here. UConn also has uh, I think a couple tough matches. Oh, Mark they have to face Marquette again, which you know Talk Marquette Marquette wants some blood. Marquette's got blood. They, 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 uh, <laughs> yeah, after they they losing by like thirty, they lost by like thirty <laughs> last time, so it's going to be a tighter game. Uh, I think Houston might secure that number one seed, that number one overall seed overall. though. I, I I think I think they can do it. Yeah, they're the number two overall number one last year, so it's not a it's not a stretch. Next team we want to talk about are the Utah State Aggies out of the Mountain West Conference that we mentioned earlier. Utah State is back in the poll after being ranked for five straight weeks earlier in the season. They're now 23-5, and 11-4 in the Mountain West. Wow. They've won four or five after beating Fresno State in overtime last night and defeating San Diego State last week. They got four guys averaging double figures led by junior great Osobor. He's playing pretty great. He's averaging 17.9 points. That is second in the Mountain West. 9.2 rebounds. That leads the Mountain West. Ooh, baby. Three assists. Three assists, 1.4 blocks. That's tied for fourth in the Mountain West. Shooting 59% from the floor. Utah State's got a big dog in the middle. That's a big dog. That's a big dog, everybody. A game changer. 18-9 and a game. Come on. Utah State as a team, they're shooting 49.4% from the floor. That leads the Mountain West and is tied for 11th in the nation. They're averaging 16.6 assists per game. That is second in the Mountain West, top 25 nationally. Very good. Only get blocked 2.3 times per game. That leads the Mountain West in top 10 nationally. They're not getting their shots blocked. They're finishing at the rim. Top wow. 10 nationally. They're the three-point line, though, that this could determine their success in March because they're ranked right now. Okay, they're 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 going to be in March Madness, Utah State here. Mm-hmm. Three point line, it's the big thing to watch. They only make six point one threes per game. That is last in the Mountain West, and they shoot thirty two point seven percent from three. That is second last in the Mountain West. Okay, but listen to the defense, the three point defense, because they're only allowing five point nine threes per game. That's tops in the Mountain West and top thirty nationally, and they're holding teams to twenty seven point six percent shooting from three. That leads the Mountain West and is third in the nation. Wow. So the three-point line is going to be huge for the Utah State Aggies. What do you think about these guys out of the Mountain West? I did okay. I knew they were good, but I didn't know that they were that good. Okay, did I, we we said it earlier? The Mountain West do not be sleeping on these guys. They have five, six, seven, eight solid teams. <laughs> we'll 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 be breaking them down next week. But the Aggies, man, I can't believe I'm saying that they're probably the best team in the uh, in the the Mountain West. San, we would be thinking usually San Diego State. San Diego State's yep. always there, always yep. there. Yep. Uh, you know, Colorado State had a good year, but they're they've they've been slumping. You know, and Rainer. other than that, I think it's usually those those are the guys this year that we were probably yeah. thinking. So yeah. hey, Utah State, hats off to you with a big dog down low and the defense that they're showing right here, uh, not allowing teams basically to get off three pointers. That's huge. That's mm-hmm. big time. Right now, Utah State is eleven and four, tied with Boise State at tops for the Mountain West, half game ahead of San Diego State, 
and one game ahead of Nevada and UNLV. So it's it's tied at the top right now for the regular season. That's that's good. I can't wait to break that one down with you, Max. Mm-hmm. Last team we want to talk about in the AP poll reaction are the South Florida Bulls. Because they're ranked for the first time in program history. They've never been ranked. ranked. Wow, what a year. What a year they're having. Yeah. They've won a school record 13 in a row. 13 straight. They're 21-5, and 14-1 in the American. They were picked in the preseason to finish ninth in the conference. Ninth in the preseason. Come on. They have three guys averaging double figures led by senior Selton Miguel. He's averaging 15 a game. But, Max, I want to look at the coach, Amir Abdurrahim. Okay? Sounds familiar. Well, you're thinking of his brother, Sharif. Yeah, that's it. Okay, okay. This is his brother, Amir. Comes from Kennesaw State, the Owls, last year. Okay? Amir Abdurrahim, he takes over Kennesaw State in his first season back in 2019-2020. They went one and twenty-eight. They won one fucking game, Kennesaw State. Okay, when he when Amir took over the program, they won five games the next year. Okay, Amir Abdurrahim then gets the Owls into their first ever NCAA tournament in year four. Okay, the improvement that this guy made at Kennesaw State, first ever NCAA tournament appearance for Kennesaw State. This guy parlays that into the South Florida job. He brings his leading scorer Chris Youngblood with him. He's averaging 14.9 points per game for, for South Florida. So that's that's cool. You bring your best guy with you. Is, is that his real name, Youngblood? Youngblood, one word. <laughs> Chris Youngblood. No way. That's not real. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with the young man if he says his last name's Youngblood. Then... It's a nickname. It can't be. It can't be. For a last name? For, for a last name, Youngblood? People don't use nicknames for last names. I you know, Smoochie Wallace, but Wallace is still the last name. <laughs> so we'll, we'll have to dig. We'll have to dig into that. Oh, we yeah, got to look Blood. this up. We got to look, look this up. up. It's a stage name. Let's look at South Florida, their resume a little bit here. Their best wins are at Memphis, which looked good at the time, but now Memphis is Memphis is really queefing. And they beat FAU at home. Yeah. Okay, those, those are the best wins. It's a big one. Let's, let's hear these five losses here, Max. South Florida, their five losses this year at home to Central Michigan. Ooh. At home to the Black Bears of Maine. At Hofstra, at Massachusetts, and at your Blazers of UAB. Those are the five losses for the Bulls of South Florida. What do you think about that? Uh, quite the improvement because losing to those teams would make you think that this team's a bunch of queefs. Honestly, that that's that those are not I thought you were gonna are name they? like are I they? thought you were about to name some top teams. I thought I was gonna Arizona, UConn. <laughs> that was no. like whoa, whoa. According to ESPN according to ESPN, their strength of schedule right now is 165th. Could be worse. Pretty bad. Could be, but only sixty-eight teams make the tournament. So good point. Good point. Uh, what a turnaround. What a turnaround for them. They're ruling right now this American Conference. So, you know, you love seeing that where a team maybe start out slow and then they figure it out and they pick it up towards the end. Exactly the time of the, of the year where you need to start picking it up is right here, right before Mar- or going into March. I, I, I like South Florida. I, I want to see more of them. And uh, I can't wait to – I cannot – every conference tournament will be on my TV, Cole Breezy. 
people out Hell there, yeah. every conference tournament will be watched on my TV. And American Conference, I'll be definitely diving in deep for that one. South Florida currently has a three-game lead in the American Conference. They need one more win to clinch the American Conference. South Florida has never won a regular season conference title. This is going to be their first ever regular season championship. Max, do you do you think they can lose in the American tournament and still get an at-large bid, or do they have to win it? Ooh, man, that's a, that is a tough one. I still think they can get in because uh, great record. They, they do have a good resume. They beat FAU. They beat Memphis. I think they beat uh, – yeah. Um, they do have some good wins under their belt. So I think I think if they keep this up, if they lose maybe one more, like if they go to the conference tournament and they lose one, I th- I still think they get in. Moving along this week on the Don't Tell Mama Sports Podcast, let's talk about our guy Max Aismas of the Texas Longhorns. We're watching him climb up the college basketball all-time scoring list. Since we last talked last Wednesday, the Longhorns of Texas they went to Kansas, got that ass beat, oh, yeah. eighty-six to sixty-seven. There was a long horn that went right up the bum bum of the long horns. And Max Aismith had a little bit of that horn in him because he had five points on two of eight shooting, one of five from deep. He didn't get to the free throw line. Max, that was now three straight single-digit scoring games after having 47 straight double-digit scoring games. Okay, He had 47 straight double-figure scoring games, and now with that loss at Kansas, three single-digit scoring games. But he got back on track last night at Texas Tech. Surprising win, 81-69. to 69. Good win for the Longhorns. If they win, you know Max had a good game. 18 points, 5 of 15 shooting, 4-12 from deep, 4-4 from the line. He now has 3,024 career points. He passed Bradley's Hersey Hawkins for 11th all-time. He's sitting at number 11 right now. He needs 35 points to pass St. Peter's. Kedron Clark to break into that top 10. And he only needs 44 more points to pass Harry Kelly and Mike Dom to get to number eight. 44 points to get to eighth. He's got three games remaining plus the Big 12 tournament, March Madness. Max, do you think he gets to eighth easy and he can challenge our guy, Dougie McBuckets? Real quick, you're saying there's a guy from St. Peter's Peacocks? Kedron Clark, he played... In 2003 to 2006, he is 10th all-time scorer, scorer Man, in the history of college basketball. It's crazy to hear uh-huh, the uh-huh. – yes, thank you. Uh, it's uh, Memories, memories. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, where am I? Where am I? Oh. Uh, <laughs> um, it's, it's crazy to hear these stats and hear these players and then you find out what team they're on because St. Peter's, I've never heard of St. Peter's until the dance three years ago, honestly, or two years ago, two years ago. Uh, I, ah, th- thanks for the memory. Because I, yeah, I, th- I thought they were a team that just, oh, St. Peter's, you know, up and coming, just a brand new team in Division One. Like all these, like there's all these new teams that just pop in Division One uh, every once in a while. Uh, like uh, Bellarmine, isn't that the new one that came? Bellarmine. That, Bellarmine. Yeah. Anyway, I think that he could definitely get top 10. Mm-hmm. How many is he away from being eighth? 44. He could do it. He could do it. And yeah. he's 127 from passing Dougie McBuckets for number I don't think seven he gets, all time. I, I don't think he gets Dougie McBuckets. That's where it stops. I, That's where he stops for you? Yeah, I, I don't think he gets 127 points. And, and, and then three games, you, you scored like five points. They're not, 
first first three and first three games the first game that he had and scored double figures and in years a crazy crazy streak he had going once we started this max Smith watch he really yep. went cold on us yeah sorry man yeah we, we jinxed him we jinxed him well sorry man. I, Just put put some salt over your shoulder yeah yeah seventh place 127 points away from passing doug mcdermott of creighton that's gonna be that's gonna be a tall task he's gonna need a long big 12 tournament run and he's gonna gonna have to make a sweet 16 elite eight run with texas and i don't mm -hmm. think either of us are gonna predict that uh-uh Moving along this week, Max, we got to do our Wooden Award player profiles. The Wooden Award announced a midseason top 25, doing a player profile on each guy. You want to lead us off this week? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Let me get my glasses on so I can actually oh, see things. Tony Kornheiser. <laughs> yeah, one of my freaking 80. Uh, okay, so let's lead it off, Cole Brizzy, with Armando Baycott, senior center. Six foot eleven, two hundred and forty pounds from the University of North Carolina, the Tar Heels, oh. baby. Oh, oh. So, Armando is averaging fourteen points per game. He has ten point five rebounds per game, which is tenth in the league. Assists per game one point six. He's a center, so what do you expect? His field goal percentage is at fifty five point nine percent. That's forty fifth in the nation. And a big guy that's shooting free throws, Cole Breezy. This guy shoots seventy seven point four percent from solid. the line. Very solid. solid. And this guy plays defense, averaging one point seven blocks per game. Oh, Cole Breezy, you know how much I love Armando. You know I like Armando. Because Armando Baycott is one of the most exciting big men to watch in college basketball. He honestly is. Ever since that outstanding season when the Tar Heels made it to the championship game in 2022, only to lose to Cole Breezy's favorite team, the Jayhawks. 2022. Yeah, 20, yeah, yeah, you're happy about that. Uh, my eyes have just been glued to Baycott's play. I loved when he sprained his ankle to get to the championship, and he said, "You, uh, there's nothing keeping me out of this game. This guy was playing on a sprained ankle against one of the best teams in the league in Kansas. So this season, Baycott has 14 double-doubles, including six games in a row mm. before only scoring five points to Miami this past Monday. He still ended up only he still ended up having 12 rebounds that game. But don't worry, UNC still got the win against Miami. It's a bummer about Miami, by the way, this season, uh, making the Final Four this year. They're not even making the dance this year. It's a little bit bummer to hear. But North Carolina currently sits on top of the ACC by one and a half games, of course. Their arch rival Duke is trailing behind them, but hey, Duke. Now that Kyle Filipowski, he looks like he's okay. There's no way they plan on giving up anytime soon. So we'll see who's going to get that top spot. Now the Tar Heels this season are looking like a Final Four team. They honestly are because they have senior leadership led by once again Armando Baycott, and they have an elite score in R.J. Davis, baby, which we're going to talk about later today. Don't sleep on a university that has won six national championships in the past to go all the way this season. I can honestly see it happening, Cobrezi. History repeats itself, and Carolina, they uh, they know how to win. They they oh. definitely know how to win. Wow. Well, I like Armando Baycott. You know, he's, he's a beast on the court, but I like how he keeps it real with the media off the court. You know, he was the guy that, Kind of, kind of talked about last year how the the nil deals were getting to some of the guys' heads, and that everybody wasn't working together. And you know, uh, this year they they beat Duke on Saturday, and then they go home and they lose to Clemson on Tuesday. And Armando comes out how 
saying how guys aren't focused, guys were late to the shoot around. Yeah. And so so he's keeping it real. He's keeping it real with us. I like Armando Baycott. He he's got a he's got a burger named out after him in a place <laughs> close to That's campus. awesome. That that is oh my goodness, that's an honor. That is an the, honor. The Mondo burger. And it's it's pretty big. It's a it's a mouthful. Oh my. Oh my. My guy, I want a profile here for the Wooden Award Player Watch is UConn point guard, national champion, Tristan Newton. Oh, baby. He's standing at six foot five, 195 pounds. He's a fifth year senior from El Paso, Texas. He spent his first three, three seasons with the Pirates of East Carolina. Oh, let's not sleep on that. Hmm. He's averaging 15.2 points per game this year. That is 12th in the Big East. He's averaging 7.3 rebounds. That's a career high. Wow. Previous career career high was 4.8. He bumped he bumps his boards up to 7.3. That's a career high. Tied for 7th in the Big East as a point guard. As Tied a for point guard? In the Big East. Get out of here. Boards. Jeesh. He's averaging 5.9 assists per game. That's a career high. Fantastic. Second in the big second in the in the big east to your guy, Tyler Kolick. 1.1 steals per game, top 15 in the big east. He's shooting 41% from the floor, 80% from the line, and 31% from three. Max Tristan Newton has had two triple doubles this year. Ooh. He had 15 points, 10 boards, and 13 assists assists against Manhattan. And then just this this last Saturday, 10 points. 16 rebounds. Wow. And 10 assists against Villanova. That is his fourth career triple-double. That is most among active Division I players, all four at UConn, two this year, two last year. He, he is UConn's career leader in triple-doubles. We know all the ballers that has come through UConn these, these last handful of years. He's the career leader in triple-doubles. Tristan Newton, he's the first UConn player to average 15-plus points and 5-plus assists since Khalil El-Amin in the 99-2000 season. People were saying Tristan Newton was the weak link last year for this UConn team. Oh, they don't have a real point guard to distribute to these NBA guys. Well, he came to play. He came to play all tournament, championship game against San Diego State. He had 19 points, 10 boards, 4 assists, 8 of 8 from the free throw line. I hope he wins Big East Player of the Year, okay? It's going to be him. It's going to be Tyler Kolick. It's going to be Baylor Shireman. All three of those guys are worthy. Yeah. Tristan Newton. He's at UConn at the top for a, for a good amount of the year. Mm -hmm. I think Tristan Newton might be your Big East player of the year this season. What do you think, Max? I think so, too. Uh, I, 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 Yeah, th those other names that you just tossed out, I think that's really it. You know, uh, Tyler Cole, it's probably Tyler Cole against Tristan Newton. But, dude, you got to give it to Newton. His stats are better than Tyler Kolick's. It's just straight up. But. Both of their play is fantastic. They're both guards, and uh, but Newton and UConn, how they've been just running away. You got to give it to the guy. I my my mind was shocked. I forget where I heard this. So I forget where I heard this this week. But UConn, the Huskies, they had they're they're in line to win the Big East, right? They they're looking like they're going to win the Big East regular season championship. UConn hasn't won a regular season conference title since the 2005-2006 season. Can that's, you believe that? That I, I that's they won national championships <laughs> in 2011, 2014, 
2023. They won three national championships in that span. They haven't won a conference title since 2006. That is so hard to believe. But again, that just goes to show you, everybody, that you can win. You can win your your division. You can win the conference championship, and that's that still doesn't matter. You could lose in the first round. Okay, that, that thing. Those things don't really matter. It's it's good confidence going into the dance, but can you stay hot? That's the question. Give me your next guy, Max. Well, staying in the Big East, Colby, let's go ahead and go down to Marquette with, hey, Tyler Kolick, senior hey. guard, six foot three, 195 oh, yeah. pounds from Marquette University. Ooh. Now, Tyler Kolick is averaging 15.1 points per game, 4.8 rebounds per game, and get this, Cole Breezy, he leads the league in assists with 7.7 assists per Ooh. game. How about it? He slid in there, and he's number one. Field goal percentage, he shoots 48.2% from the field. Free throw percentage, he shoots 87.2%. That is seven percentage points higher than last season. He moved seven. up the rankings right there. Wow. Uh, that's, that's someone who's getting in the gym, probably wow. shooting 100 free throws every Focus. day in practice. This, this guy also plays defense. He has 1.7 steals per game. Now, Tyler Kolick might very well be the best point guard in the nation. I think that's arguably, you know, I'm a big Braden Smith fan, you know, but uh, yeah. but Tyler Kolick is damn good, even though we beat Tyler Kolick in the Marquette yeah, in the yeah, Maui Invitational. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, it's yeah. A, you know, it's just me. It's just me. Uh, but talk about a guy that can not only score the ball, but is able to pass the rock at such an efficient level, right? Kolick is the definition of a true point guard. Someone who is able to direct the floor and give his teammates the best chances to score with an outstanding pass. Now, the Marquette Golden Eagles are currently sitting in second in the Big East. Behind the defending champions, once again, UConn Huskies. Can they catch up? What do you think, Cobrizzi? Do you think Marquette can catch up to UConn? Two games behind them with the game that we're about to preview. They definitely need to win that game to have any chance, but I'm going to say no. No way, Jose. UConn is too damn good. <laughs> All right, but but that doesn't mean I don't believe Marquette can go further in the dance than UConn, okay? UConn has a huge target on their back this season after winning last year's championship. We haven't seen back-to-back -back championships since the Florida Gators back in 2006 and 2007. So, I mean, history is not exactly on UConn's side. With Marquette having three guys on the team averaging at least 14 points per game, these Golden Eagles have much more to prove after getting knocked out of the playoffs last season in the round of 32. That was to Michigan State. Am I correct, Cole Breezy? Yes, I uh, I had that one in my bracket. Yeah, you picked that one. That was a good pick. That was a good pick. Thank you. Thank you. So, But this season, Marquette looks even better than they were last season. So don't sleep on this elite team to make a run come March. I like Marquette. You know, the preseason Final Four team for me uh, with a lot because I think it's a re redemption year. You know, they were the Big East regular season tournament champs last year. A two seed get, gets knocked out in the second round, like you said. You know, brings everybody back but one guy and – I think it's a redemption year for Marquette, led by Tyler Kolick, arguably the best point guard in the nation. He can score it. He can dish it, as you said. Started his career at George Mason, so yep. another guy that was a mid-major player transfers up, and now he's one of the top top hoopers in the nation. So I would love to play with Tyler Kolick. He was my point guard setting me up. I, I'd love that. Heck yeah. My next guy and the last guy this week for the Wooden Award Player Profiles. We're going to go back 
to Chapel Hill, North Carolina, and talk about their point guard or, you know, shooting guard, combo guard, R.J. Davis. Standing at six foot, 180 pounds. That's what you're, that's about what you're looking at sitting in this seat right here, about six (laughs) foot, 180. Okay. That's, that's about what you're looking at right here. Okay. If you're, if you're thinking about R.J. Davis and me, he's a senior from White Plains, New York. He's averaging 21.7 points per game. That is a career high. Leads the ACC and is tied for sixth in the nation. Mm. He's giving you 3.7 boards. <clears throat> Excuse me. 3.4 assists. That's 14th in the ACC. And 1.3 steals. That's a career nice. high for him. Good. He's shooting, shooting 43% from the floor. 90% from the free throw line. That's a career high. And 41% from three. That's also a career high. Very good. Oh, my. Scored in double figures in all but one of 28 games this year. I think that's 29 now, actually. But the one he did, he had eight points against UC Riverside. He's had nine games this season with 25-plus points. Excuse me. Oh I need my. a little water. Oh, my. Oh, I need my. a little water before I get into this. In the cold with all those kids? All those kids sneezing and... I Wiping think I got boogies on their shirt. I think I just got over a little something, but <laughs> I had to get a I had to wet my whistle before I say this against Miami Monday night. R.J. Davis put up forty two fucking oh points my. against Miami. Let let me let me wet my whistle now, Cole Breezy, because yeah. oh my god, I'm drooling. I'm, I'm drooling. Oh my god, wet your whistle and sit back and listen to this. He shot fourteen of twenty two. He, he shot 22 shots to get 42 points. Oh, my goodness. Crazy. That's really good. Seven of 11 from three. That was a career high. Three's made made in a game. Seven of nine from the line. He is the 10th Tar Heel ever to go for 40 in a game. He set a new record at the Dean Smith Center, which opened in 1986 for a Tar Heel or an opponent. Most points ever scored in that building. Most points for a Tar Heel versus a conference opponent since 1957. Whoa. 42 points is tied for the most by a UNC player over the last 50 seasons. 1998, Shaman Williams also had 42. RJ Davis is the first North Carolina player with multiple 35-point games in a single season since Psycho T, Tyler Hansborough. Psycho T. Nice, nice. And lastly, R.J. Davis scored 42 of North Carolina's 75 points in this game. This is the first time a Tar Heel has outscored the rest of his team since Michael Jordan in the 1983 season. Now, I got to give credit to CBS, Matt Nordlander. I got to give credit to ESPN for a lot of those nuggets. But I'm talking Tyler Hansborough, Shaman Williams, and Michael fucking Jordan. R.J. Davis just put up a, a game for the ages. Is he a lock for ACC Player of the Year, Max? That's some fine company. Fine Whoa. company. Hopefully you go to the Cigar Lounge, have, pop a nice stogie while having a, <laughs> while having a, a nice uh, you know, a Jack on the Rocks or something. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Classy. Uh, Michael Jordan's probably drinking a, a $150 shot. He's got his own shit. Yeah, 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 he's got his own. Like, yeah, anyway. Uh, Yeah, I I think he is ACC Player of the Year. Uh, You you would think that, who else is there? Armando Baycott, P.J. Hall, Filipowski. Filipowski. 
I, yeah. I think RJ Davis has got it. Uh, those stats are incredible that we just tossed out here. And UNC is leading the ACC. This is the team Cobrezi. I already brought it up. I, I could see them in the final four. I honestly can. Moving into our last topic of the Don't Tell Mama Sports podcast this week, we got to make four college basketball game picks. Max, let's not let's not take too much time on these, but we got four juicy ones here. Mm. First one we want to talk about Saturday, eleven o'clock Mountain Time on ABC. The number seven ranked Kansas Jayhawks are going on the road to Waco, Texas, to take on the fifteenth ranked Baylor Bears. Oh, baby. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my. Kansas is 21 and 7, 9 and 6 in the Big 12. Baylor is also 9 and 6 in the Big 12, 20 and 8 overall. This is for third place in the conference be- behind Iowa State and Houston. This Kansas Baylor matchup is the 10th straight ranked meeting. Okay. Both teams have been ranked for, for 10 straight matchups. This is the longest active Division One streak right now. Damn. Okay, this is this this is becoming a big rivalry. That that ten straight ten straight ranked meetings. That's tied for the fifth longest streak for top twenty matchups in AP poll history. Okay, this is coming becoming a re, uh, uh, a rivalry. Mm-hmm. First game, Kansas and Baylor. They played in Allen Fieldhouse on February tenth. Kansas got them sixty four to sixty one. Okay, it was a good one. Kansas had them for most of the game. Baylor made a run late there. The Baylor Bears, they're 3-3 three and three in their last six after dropping the OT game to Houston, but rebounded nicely, winning at TCU Monday night by eight. Big one. Okay. They had the fifth-ranked offense, according to Ken Palm, and the fifth-ranked strength of schedule, according to ESPN. Kansas, they're also 3-3 three and three in their last six after kicking Texas's ass Saturday, but then dropping a stunner at home against BYU last night. Ooh, Holy tough, shit. That's a tough one. The BYU Soakers came in first time in the Big 12. Get this big W at Kansas. BYU shot 13 of 34 from three. 13 threes made. They're third in the nation in threes made per game and second in attempts per game. So BYU is living and dying by the three. And last night, they're living. Mm -hmm. Kansas. The Jayhawks shot 39% from the floor, 20% from three, and 61% from the line. 12 misses at the free throw line. Lost by six. Not going to get it done. Kansas had a 19-game home winning streak. 19-game home winning streak dating back to last year, dating back to last January. That snapped. Had Had 67 straight wins at home against unranked teams. BYU was unranked in this one. Kansas had won 67 straight against unranked teams at home. And they had won 82 straight games at home and leading at the half. They were up, I think, six at the half. They had won 82 straight games at home and leading at the half. <laughs> but this is this is a, this is a remarkable remarkable win from the Cougars of BYU. Bill Self, lastly here in his 21 seasons at Kansas, this was his 18th loss at home. 18 losses at home in 21 seasons. 313 and 18 at home. 313 Ooh. and 18 record at home. No Kevin McCuller in this one. I believe he's missed four of the last eight. Like need him. Said all, you need like him. Said all year, Kansas is not deep. They don't have a bench. If you're going to lose your your leading scorer, arguably your best player, a two way a two way stud, a Wooden Award nominee, you're going to lose. The, you're going to lose. Okay. Do you think? Now, no word on Kevin McCuller for this one in, on Baylor. Bill Self says he doesn't know 
when or if he returns. That that makes me fucking nervous. Do you think Kansas could go into Waco, Texas, and beat the Bears of Baylor? So we bring this up a lot, where uh, I don't we we never really see Kansas losing two in a row. Okay, it's tough. It's tough to see Kansas lose, lose two in a row. But Baylor just lost at home to Houston, correct? Or this past weekend, Saturday. Yep. And I just don't see Baylor losing two in a row at home, especially if Kansas does not have McCuller. Okay. I think Baylor is going to get Kansas at home because Baylor's damn good. I think it's going to be a great game. It's going to be a good fight. They'll stick with them. But if you don't have McCuller, Cobrazy, I just don't see the Jayhawks taking down the Baylor Bears in their, in, in their home. We need a big game from Hunter Dickinson. I've been calling on him a lot. He he's been playing. He's been playing. You know, 20, 20 and fifteen, twenty two and sixteen. You know, he's been he's been having some good games. But I need more. I need more. I mean, I need thirty and eighteen. I need twenty seven and fifteen. I need I need more. You know, he's gonna go be going against freshman big man from Baylor, Eves Missy. So he he's a little on the slender side. I I think Hunter Dickinson can pound him. But damn it, Max. I think Baylor might be more talented than Kansas with, without Kevin McCuller. If there's no Kevin McCuller, Baylor's going to get this one at home. If Kevin McCuller plays, I'm going to go. I'm going to switch on to Kansas. <laughs> oh, that's how we do it here, huh? <laughs> yeah. Don't tell Bob sport. You can you can flip you the cord. You could just on, you know hey, on maybe. Wednesday when you don't know your if your best player is going to play on a Saturday game. You know you got a little leeway yeah. there. Yeah, last two minutes of the game. You know what? I was kind of leaning this way. <laughs> I got the Baylor Bears in their new arena in Waco, Texas. Scott Drew, a big dog. Jacoby Walter, really balling lately. I'm going to go the Baylor Bears at home with you. Wow. Going against yeah, your it, team. It hurts me, and I don't want to spend any more time on it. It hurts me. Hey, okay. Just facing reality. It hurts. It hurts. Next game we want to talk about Saturday, 8 o'clock Mountain Time on ESPN. Have this one on late. The 23rd ranked Zags of Gonzaga. They're going to the 17th ranked Gales of St. Mary's. This oh. is the big one in the West Coast Conference. This is big. Gonzaga is 22 and 6, 12 and 2 in the conference. St. Mary's is 23 and 6 overall, 14 and 0 in the conference. Ooh. Undefeated. These two teams met on February February 3rd at Gonzaga. St. Mary's got them 64-62 in the kennel. Okay, St. Mary's got a win on Gonzaga's home floor. The Zags, they've won six in a row and re-entered the poll after a six-week a- absence. They were out for six weeks. I I think it should have been seven. Okay? I don't think they should be ranked. They play at San Francisco tomorrow night. The Dons are, are 11 and 3. San Francisco mm-hmm. is 11 and 3. That is not that is that is a toss-up. That's a mm-hmm. toss-up right there. Okay. Gonzaga, according to ESPN, they're looking at a 112th ranked strength of schedule. You know, and you got you gotta blame that on the West Coast Conference, but could have done a little bit more in the non-conference, you know. Mark few. Looking at the Gales of St. Mary's, they've won 15 straight. 15 in a row for the Gales. They're at Pepperdine tomorrow night. Pepperdine's 5-10 and 10 in the conference. That's going to be a win, not a trap game. The Gales, they clinched the West Coast Conference with a win against Pepperdine tomorrow night. They clinched the conference. They haven't had an outright WCC conference title. Now, they've shared a couple with Gonzago. Last year, actually, they shared but they've shared a couple. Last time they haven't had one to themselves, Matthew Della Vadova in 2012. Okay. 
Wow. Remember him? Yeah, I remember. Uh, he was on, uh, uh, oh, <laughs> yeah, I remember. He, uh, Cleveland, right? With yep. Cleveland. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The guy was drinking coffee, cramping up. <laughs> St. Mary's, 15 in a row. They're at home. They're probably going to clinch the conference tomorrow night. Do you see them having a possible letdown here at home against Gonzaga, a team they already beat uh, earlier this season? Or do you think St. Mary's holds holds it down home court? I think it's going to be a good game. It always is against these two teams. And usually it is Gonzaga that rules this conference. But you know what? Let's go. Let's go St. Mary's. I love to see that there's another team in that conference that can actually take down Gonzaga. St. Mary's looks like the better team this year. They honestly do. Okay, we slept on them in the beginning of the season because they lost. There's a point where like their six losses were early on. They I don't know what their winning streak is right now, but it's got to be. It's got to be. They start fifteen straight. They're at Gales. Fifteen, 15 straight, straight wins. Yeah. Oh my goodness. They started uh, off two. They started off two and three and three and four. Okay, losses to Weber State, San Diego State, Xavier, Utah, and Boise State. Mm. in Missouri State in there also, and now they're on a 15-game win streak. They figured it out, and they're running this conference. I got, I, I got them. Okay, I, I'm, I'm taking them to uh, take down Gonzaga. Probably the first time in a long time where they went two and zero against them. Yeah, sweep of Gonzaga. I'd like to, like to find out. I will find out if if St. Mary's wins against Gonzaga Saturday night. I'll find out the last time they, they swept them. I'm going with you though. I, you know, it's a possible, it's a possible letdown spot. You know, you win the conference tomorrow night against Pepperdine, and you know, you go into Saturday and you're like, oh, we, we already, we already beat these guys. You know, we can, we can split the season series, whatever. Maybe see them in the conference tournament. It's a possible letdown spot, but I don't think it's going to happen. Okay, the Gales at home, St. Mary's, fourteen and zero in the conference, and get this, eight and zero on the road this year. Eight and zero road. Okay, it's big time. I mean, a team with an undefeated road record. Definitely. Because I don't know if there is one besides St. Mary's. Next game, we want to talk about flip the calendar to next week on Tuesday, 5 o'clock Mountain Time on Peacock. Ah, ah. Fucking Peacock. Your alma mater, the Purdue Boilermakers, are going to Champaign, Illinois, to take on the Illini of Illinois. Currently tonight, the Boilers are 25 and 3, 14 and 3 in the Big Ten. Illinois is 20 and 7, 11 and 5 in the Big Ten. These two teams played on January 5th at Purdue. The Boilers got them by five. If I'm not mistaken, it was a smacking early. Yeah. And Illinois made a run late. Illinois made a run. Mm -hmm. It was a smacking early, though. The Boilers, they've won 11 of 12, that one loss at Ohio State. They host Michigan State on Saturday. Possible trap game. Could be. That one that one that one smells a little bit. Okay. That <laughs> one smells a little bit. Michigan State needs to win. They're 17 and 11 after a huge loss to Ohio State last week. Yeah. So look yeah. out. Or Sunday. It was on Sunday, it, I think. In Mackey Arena. It smells, but Purdue should Purdue should get to that one. Mm -hmm. Looking at Illinois. Fellas, they're playing Minnesota right now. Okay, let's get a live update like we've been doing the last couple Ooh, of weeks. Baby. And I have Illinois playing right now up by five, up by two. Oh. Just updated. Up by two with ten and a half to go. Okay. Okay. Like, That's a tight Minnesota one. Minnesota at home. And then they go to Wisconsin Saturday before this Purdue game. Okay. So Illinois got a little bit of work to do before the mm -hmm. Boilers. 
but this is Brad Underwood's fifth straight 20 win season in Champaign. Hats off to Illinois. They're That's becoming long. they're becoming a much better basketball program. Yeah. Currently in the last five games, though, they're three and two overall with losses at Michigan State and at Penn State. Number four ranked offense, according to Ken Palm, whereas Purdue has the number two ranked offense, according to Ken Palm. This one, this baby might be up and down. Mm-hmm. Max, you're obviously not going to go against your boilers here. What's going to be the X factor to get this one done on the road? Taking care of the ball. Braden Smith, Fletcher Lawyer, Lance Jones on the guard with the guard play. Take care of the ball. Okay. And they did that last game. I think they only had seven turnovers. Okay. And we absolutely stopped on, uh, I don't even remember because it was a blowout. So I, I <laughs> so it, it was, it was a good win. Good win. So take care of the ball, feed Edie because, hey, I know they got danger. I know they got danger. I knew it Dang, danger. He ain't bad. He ain't bad. He's but, hey, you want to talk about beef. He's, he's big. He's a big guy. You I'll tell you right now, it's, it's hard to guard Zach Edie with very thin uh, Coleman Hawkins. And, uh, well, they, I mean, That's true. They, they, one of those guys, if they're guarding Edie, they're going to get in foul trouble. I'll tell you right now, Dane Danger is going to have to come in. But move the ball around, and they're going to be okay. I definitely got my boilers, no doubt about it, sweeping Illinois. I think Illinois is the second best team in the Big Ten. I don't think that's really a debate behind the Boilers. Um, yeah, you know, like you said, Coleman Hawkins is very slim. You know, I, I don't I don't speculate a lineup change, but I definitely do see more minutes for Dane Danger. But I'm 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 going upset, Max. I'm going against you. I'm going against you. Okay, hey, whatever. Let's do it. I think uh, I think Terrence Shannon, Marcus Domask, that size and that athleticism on the wings. Could over could overpower over overmatch the the smaller. I mean, what is Fletcher lawyer? Uh, what is Lance Jones about six two? Fletcher lawyer is about six two maybe. Braden Smith what six foot? Yeah, that's that, that's a small. You know, obviously you got seven four Zach Eady in the middle, but you're small on the perimeter. You got Terrence Shannon got an NBA body. Marcus Domask is a great scorer. I think those two guys they you know we've seen them go off for third over thirty in the same game before. Those two guys have a big game. Coleman Hawkins, he gets Zach Eady away from the basket, stretching the floor with the three. I think I think we got a we got a possible court storming situation here in Champaign, <laughs> Illinois. You only get three. Ten, you only get three. Big Ten doesn't get five until your third time. So I think we're gonna see some some fans fucking storm Zach Eady and mob him on for, on oh good next luck Tuesday night. Good next luck. Tuesday night. <laughs> if you if you've ever seen Game of Thrones, there's a. Uh, the, the, I bring up Game of Thrones a lot in the show, but, uh, but there's uh, there's the uh, there's the Giants. Okay, there's a Giants in one of these seasons. He literally just takes his fist and slams it down and hits one of the people in, like a nail, like a nail in the hammer. If you want to go try to knock Zach Eady over, yeah. how about yeah. that? How about Look that? Out. You're you're the he's nail. Not, he's the hammer. He's not gonna he's not gonna fold like a fold like a table like Kyle Filipowski did. Yeah, yeah. Lip off the court, crying, whining. Yeah. Nah, yeah. I feel bad. I feel bad. You feel bad, but he's playing against Louisville tonight. A couple nights later, he's fine. <laughs> and now we're talking about potentially banning, uh, storming the court. We're Damn it, not. Filipowski. What the hell, man? Yeah. Yeah, just because a yeah. fucking Duke guy. Just because a Duke guy was in, a, was in one. Yeah, fucking Dukies. Last game we want to talk about. It's a big one, baby. Next Wednesday, flip the calendar, 6.30 Mountain Time on Fox Sports 1. We got the Huskies of UConn 
going to Marquette to play the Golden Eagles, boys. A match of the top two teams in the Big East. UConn currently is 25-3 and three overall, 15-2 and two in the Big East. Marquette is 22-6 and six overall, 13-4 and four in the Big East. These two teams met a couple Saturdays ago, February 17th, in stores, Connecticut. The Huskies hounded them. 81 to 53. It was a smacking yeah. from the beginning. Okay. UConn, their 14 game winning streak was snapped last week at Creighton, but then they kicked Villanova's ass by 24 on Saturday. So it looks like they might be revving back up. They host Seton Hall Saturday. Now, come on, that's going to be a good one. We can't mm-hmm. look the Pirates sitting at third in the Big East right now. Let's not see. Yeah, yeah. they want to make the dance, baby. Oh, they're in there. Come on. You think so? Oh, yeah. All right. They're in there. All right. Especially if they get this one over UConn, but they're, uh, they're not going to. They're not going to, but UConn can't overlook Seton Hall is all I'm trying to say. Okay. Marquette, the Golden Eagles, they've won 12 of 13, that one loss being this ass beaten at UConn. They bounced back after that ass beaten to hang 100, 105 on DePaul, then beat wow. Xavier by 24 on Sunday before whipping Providence by 22 tonight. Yeah. Okay. They're starting to smack people. They're here. red hot. They're, they they took that ass beating from Connecticut and are using it as fuel right now. They're at Creighton on Saturday. Yeah, that, that's a, I have that that's on juicy, the TV. Oh, that's my. a juicy one. So both UConn and Marquette, they have both have business to take care of before this one next Wednesday in Wisconsin. Marquette is in Wisconsin? Yeah, Marquette's in Wisconsin. Yes, yes. Marquette, Marquette is in Marquette, though. It is a city, I believe. Uh, Mar- Marquette is in. Hold on, it, at the major city in Wisconsin. Damn, why can't I freaking Madison? Think of it? No, not Madison. The Badgers are in Madison. Oh my goodness, why can't I think of it? I'll think of it in a second. Gosh darn it! I went there. I visited. I visited. Milwaukee. Well, well yeah. Where, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? It's getting late, cold breeze. Where's either of late. us right now? Jeez, I'm, I'm in Colorado. You're in Tennessee. We don't know yeah, shit about It's dark this. outside. I'm tired. You know, the eyes are getting heavy. Uh, <laughs> but we got this Big East matchup to talk about. It could be the second of these battles of three, possibly. Maybe a Big East championship. Who knows? I'd love to see a rubber match. Can Marquette take a take a basically a 30 point whipping and turn around and beat these guys in their, Ooh. in their arena. Oh my, the way that they've been playing. Absolutely. I think this Creighton game is huge. Actually the Seton hall game too. You just brought it up. Four best teams in the big East right there. If, if, if Marquette takes down Creighton big time, Oh man, they got some momentum going in for a rematch game against UConn. Okay. Shit. Especially if UConn loses also to Seton hall. Now if they both win at Creighton, at Creighton. Yeah. Uh, but if they lose to Creighton, I think that slows them down. And then UConn is going to take them down. I still got UConn. I, I'm, not, I'm not going against UConn. I think Marquette's very, very good. We, we bragged about them basically this entire episode. But, man, UConn is so good. And I just, I, I just don't see it. I don't see UConn slowing down right now. UConn's very good. You know, we, we don't talk, like you said earlier, we don't talk about back-to-back. We don't talk about back-to-back. Florida. Florida was the last to do it, 06, 07. And, I mean, I even think about years past. You know, did we really talk about going back-to-back? And I don't, I don't really think so. But no, no. UConn, UConn's better. UConn's better than what they were last year. They and definitely you, are. You look at the numbers, you look at the records, way better than last year, okay? 
Marquette, they're rolling right now. 12 of 13, that one loss at UConn, going back home. They need this one. They're two two games behind UConn. You know, we talked about it earlier. They they need this one if they want any shot at a shared regular season. I'm going Marquette at home. Okay. He goes he goes at home. I'm predicting a, you know, a cold shooting day for, for your guy, Cam Spencer. Okay, I think he's going to be held down. Maybe Donovan Klingen gets in foul trouble a little bit. Tristan Newton, he's going to get his, you know, possible Big East player of the year. I cannot wait for that matchup at point guard. Tristan mm-hmm. Newton and Tyler Kolick. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness. that That's – I'm going to have my eyes on that one. But I'm going off you here, Max. I'm going Marquette at home over the Huskies. It, this, ba- this baby's a toss-up. This baby's a toss-up. Definitely. I like the Huskies as much as you do. Maybe not as much, but I like the Huskies. I see him. I see him dropping this one. Their their last loss before the Big East tournament. If they if they fall there, it's a great pick. Okay, I'm glad that we had a little uh, little speculation, a little bit differences this week, bumping heads here. Uh, yeah. Last week we had all the same picks, <laughs> so so it's good that we switched it up this week. I'm glad glad to see it. All right, brother, that's going to do us. Oh, wow, it's time. Don't Tell Mama Sports Podcast. Damn it, thank you, everybody, for coming out, listening, subscribing, liking, commenting. Let us know what you think. Appreciate any amount of time anybody spent. You know, time is money. So so I appreciate your time. Max, what do you got for the people before we get out of here? Uh, yes, Cobra is you already said it. Thank you, everyone, for coming out to the Don't Tell Mama Sports Podcast tonight. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Follow us not only on YouTube, but also on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Twitter, Instagram, X, Instagram. Might have forgot something in there, but, you know, we're all, just look it up. Just look it up. Google okay, it. Google it. Google it. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, but, yes, yeah, so it was a fun episode. We're really excited about college basketball. It's really, really heating up. And, oh, man, March starts in three days, everybody. Three days. Yeah. The yeah. madness is about to begin. The brews are going to be blowing. Two days. Two days. Two days. Friday, March. Friday, oh, tomorrow's Friday, leap day. March. Tomorrow's the leap day. Oh my! Gonna do anything special? Leap day? Yeah. Uh man, I might, I might, I might go streaking. Who knows? Who knows? Really? The leap, leap day comes once every four years, everybody. Once Possibly. every four years. You know, a lot of Possible things you can get away with. Possible oh, streak. You can, get, you can get away with it. You can get a lot of away a lot of things on leap day. You know, the cop pulls you over and goes, "Ah, oh, it's leap day. Leap day. Die." Wow. Well, be careful. Try something. Try something. You know, just a little streak. Just a little streak. Sock on my cock. (laughs) Sock on your cock. Well, you know, it's not completely, completely indecent. You know, balls are just just hanging out, just waving around. (laughs) It's leap year. It's leap year. Give me a break, (laughs) would you? (laughs) You're right. (laughs) 